This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The best way to start your weekend is with Sean Bell and Mark Drumheller on BetQL Weekend on the BetQL Network. Sponsored by BetMGM. BetQL Weekend presented by BetMGM Sportsbook. Mark Drumheller, Sean Bell. Here to give you your 60-minute crash course on betting sports for the weekend. And it starts with NFL preseason. The action got going last night, Sean. Week one, we got to see a little bit of C.J. Stroud. A little late-night cap with the Vikings and the uh, and the Seahawks. That that game was very interesting. Drew Locke throwing some lasers out there. What would you think of the action? I don't really care normally. <laughs> if I'm going to be honest with you, all the preseason, especially now what preseason is, I care about game two where a couple starters are going to play. But what I do care about is watching the young cats. I like to see, because mm-hmm. those are guys that you know are going to play and receive a little bit of time. CJ Stroud last night, um, he only received a little bit, but he'll receive a lot more. I'm looking interested in seeing Jordan Love, Bryce Young, Justin Fields, all the young cats around the league who are going to play. And boy, again, I said before starting the season off, I said, hey, I'm putting my money on Bryce Young, not CJ Stroud, when it mm. comes to the future of who they're going to be. And how they're set up to win the potential rookie of the year and the betting for rookie of the year. C.J. Stroud has an inter- goes two for four, 13 yards, has an interception, gets sacked uh, fit for uh, 15 yards, I believe it was. Struggled a little bit, and again, it's his first preseason action, but I think that's what you're going to see for his entire time. And even if he plays, because mm-hmm. he was clearly not the best quarterback, so do the Texans say, Hey, we're going to sit you and let the guy who's ready to play right now for this team and let you learn, or are we going to play you right away? Because to me, I'm saying if you play this guy right away, it ain't going to look good all season for him. Yeah, that's the dilemma for a lot of these teams is how quickly do you put your quarterback in there? Because we know that it it is very valuable for them to sit on the sidelines. You look at some of the best quarterbacks that ever played, sat in the sidelines their first year, Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs. Got to sit and learn under uh, Alex Smith and Andy Reid's offense before he got on the field. Very limited action his rookie season. I think he got in in the game in like week 15 for a couple throws, broke a sweat, but that was it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre, right? So there's countless examples of how that can be valuable. But with the pressure in the NFL for these guys to win, for the general managers to win, for the coaches to win, these guys get thrown right out in the field and immediately. And, you know, you wonder when they're in a position like C.J. Stroud to where team doesn't have a solid offensive line, team doesn't have receivers that can separate, right? You know, those throwing windows close up quick. You wonder if that's really the best thing for their development. Yeah, because I'm all about getting your bruises early. Like, the counter-argument mm-hmm. is get them in, let them learn, let them grow early. But you don't want to put them in a situation where, again, we're talking about the Texans, to David Carr it. 
You don't want that situation where you set someone up where they're going to get worse in their first year based on not having the proper things around them. That's why I'm so heavy on Bryce Young because I feel like, all right, Carolina, again, not great because they were able to draft Bryce Young, but they Mm -hmm. have some solid pieces around him where he can say, okay, you're going to get some lumps and bruises. You're going to get some sacks, throw some interceptions, but it won't be a downpour of negativity all season. You'll be able to learn and grow from those things. I feel like C.J. Stroud's in a situation in, te- in Texas where it could be, okay, it, could, it can be it a can negative effect instead of a positive effect with him mm-hmm. coming in. They, who plays right away, it all depends on the franchise mm-hmm. and the situation. I don't like the situation for C.J. Stroud to come in and start right away for the Houston Texans. I think it's very an interesting point because I, when I look at all three quarterbacks that were drafted – you know, I had thought initially that Anthony Richardson's probably in the best position to succeed because he had Jonathan Taylor. But all of a sudden, Jim Irsay throws his match on the fire, <laughs> pours gasoline all over the fire, and now he might not even have Jonathan Taylor there. You know, you look at, you know, Bryce Young, I think the game's going to be an adjustment for him. I, I, I'm very, very interested to see how his size plays into it. We saw Baker Mayfield, all the batted balls, we saw how, you know, Arizona really had to kind of change their offense to suit Kyler Murray um, and his size. And Bryce Young's smaller in both of those quarterbacks. Like, I think that's going to be – it's a big jump. Like, as good as the SEC is, this is a whole different level. Yeah, but again, that's when shotgun comes into place. and mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the league we're in. He's going to run a college-like offense a lot of the time anyway. So it's not going to be as big of adjustment as it was 15 years ago because of the run option – because of the shotgun, some of those things that they're doing. So I think he's going to have, you know, a better offensive line, better, better, better offense around him to say, all right, we ain't great, but you can improve a little bit. Anthony Richardson, I just thought, was far behind those quarterbacks in ability to play the game, right? Oh, like, I agree. You know 100%. what I mean? So those yes. guys were ready. Anthony Richardson mm-hmm. may have the bigger arm and the bigger body and the bigger, stronger, faster, but – he just wasn't ready yet. He didn't learn the position yet. So that's why I feel like he doesn't play. Yeah. I think Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, that's all about what we have set up around you as opposed to who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think from like a mental processing perspective or just kind of understanding, you know, um, you know, the the NFL game, I think – Bryce Young is far ahead of both of those guys. Like, I think that's really his strength is how he sees the field, his vision when he's out there. Um, You know, but the the thing with Anthony Richardson is, though, is in their first year, in this season, when we're talking about betting the rookie of the year odds, um, all these guys are going to be in uh, fight or flight mood. You know, all these guys, are their heads are going to be spinning the first half of the season. And I think it might come down to, you know, who has the athletic advantages to succeed in that, right? We saw it with Justin Fields last year, you know, rushing yards all over the place. Why? He was running for his life. The offensive line was terrible. Mm -hmm. So that produced huge stats that, you know, turn the page now going into the offseason. People are pouring their money on Justin Fields to win MVP of the league, which I think is a a massive leap for a Chicago Bears team that might not even get the 500. Here's here's an interesting thing about this. Justin Fields, I mean, everyone is counting on him to lead the – quarterbacks in rushing right that's the mm-hmm. big bet he's the lead for that bet but we got to remember justin fields wasn't a running quarterback in ohio state didn't yes he could be. run yes yeah, he could speed, but he have didn't to have be. to be his comfort zone was sitting in the pocket moving around and finding somebody if the bears offense really improves maybe that's not as safe as a bet as you want again mm-hmm. i don't think it's improved that much but all right if he gets used to the uh what's the 
weapon he got from the uh, Pittsburgh DJ Steelers. Moore. DJ well, Moore. Well, no, he got Claypool. Clay from the Chase Pool. The big DJ, DJ yeah, Moore DJ, DJ Moore. Again, Chase Pool was supposed to be a, a pro bowler. Like, those two individuals. So what if he just stops running as much as he did before? I know it's a big weapon as before, mm-hmm. but I don't think you can necessarily count on him run, rushing for 1,000 yards if he returns to form because I don't think he naturally wants to run all over the place all over the time. He's oh, great at it, but think- in Ohio State, he didn't want to – he didn't have to do it, so he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. It's not like Lamar Jackson, who ran all in college. Right. So you can pretty much tell that's his game. He wants to continue to run and do both things in the pros. Justin Fields, I don't think that's a safe bet to bet on him running because they may want to tailor that back. And he may want to tailor that back because his game wasn't running before, prior to this past year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I like Richardson. I think Richardson, that's an award that he could win. Um, I, people should keep an eye on it, especially if Jonathan Taylor is not there, because what does that mean? Shane Steichen's a guy, you know, he's going to scheme up design runs for his quarterback. We saw it here in Philadelphia. He's going to do that with Richardson even more. If he doesn't have Jonathan Taylor, if it's, you know, Kareem hunt where some of these guys, they got to get off the scrap heap. It's not going to work. They're going to need, they're going to need Richardson's legs even more to move the football. But uh, I think all three quarterbacks are going to be fascinating, but it's not just the rookie class that we should be paying attention to Uh, action, you know, gets on their way Friday night. We're recording this Friday afternoon. So these games will have occurred by the time you're hearing this, but I think everybody's excited to see Jordan love Packers minus two and a half playing the Bengals. And then we have a late night cap, the Denver Broncos, Russell Wilson's back. Sean Payton brought the magic powder, sprinkled it all over the field. Russell Wilson is going to return to the player he was in Seattle. Yeah, you don't you don't believe it? I think he'll be better. I think he'll be a solid quarterback. I'm with you. I'm with you. But that's about it. The but, Denver Broncos. All the other things happening out there. Everybody's they, hurt the, again. What they going to win the West? Everybody's hurt again in Denver, and it's just like last year. Yeah, what are, we we think they're going to win a West. We think they're going to make that type of jump. Do they have that no. type of talent? No. Oh no. He's a he's a third best quarterback in his division. I'll tell you what though, I do have a wager on the Broncos in this one. What you got against Arizona? Money line parlay, right? Because I'm not laying five and a half in a preseason game. I do a lot of sicko things. Laying five and a half in preseason is not one of them. So I parlay preseason NFL. Broncos, and who do you think I paired it with? There's one team you can count on in the preseason, Sean. Who is it? The Ravens? Absolutely. Boom. Plus 121 over at the BetMGM app. Fire it up, baby. Moneyline parlay. You know Sean Payton wants to win this game. This is the Arizona Cardinals. He cannot start the Sean Payton tough talk error oh, by losing a preseason game to the Arizona Cardinals in a game where Russell Wilson plays. It's preseason, though. It is. It is it's preseason, though. I, I, I he's think... not going to win the games in the regular season. He's got to win them now. <laughs> but I, I do, I do think the bet is there's there's something to say about uh, coaches and and having the having the second stringers and third stringers ready, mm-hmm. right? The great coaches. That's why the Baltimore Ravens, John Harbaugh, always win preseason games. It ain't because they have this great scheme. It's because they have a certain level of discipline throughout that entire franchise. But that you, if you're the the fourth string. You better run these plays correctly and do things the right way. Mm-hmm. The Arizona Cardinals don't strike me as an organization where they're paying attention and have everything <laughs> down the line, even with Gannon, Gannon down year, there right? now. Like, yeah. You think Gannon's going to have the third stringers and four stringers uh, around there doing and the right thing? So no, don't have good depth. That's why they're bad. Yeah, they Injuries don't have, occur, things fall apart. They don't have good depth, and they, they're not going to have the type of discipline 
that you know a Mike Tomlin team is going to have at the third stringers. You know a John Harbaugh team is going to have. So when you're talking about money line and preseason betting, I'm betting on those type of coaches to make sure that they're second, third, fourth strings because if they don't play great, mm-hmm. even the starters got to run. So That's right. Listen, it takes time to build culture in the NFL. Not that Jonathan Gannon is not going to succeed, but we're not going to see those results right now in preseason in game one. It takes a long time to build culture down in Washington. Ron Rivera making headlines again. Eric Bieniemy, a little too mean for the Redskins players. A little too, uh, you know, aggressive with his coaching. He's a little hard, a little too old school. What are your thoughts on that? I know you're a guy who thinks very highly of Ron Rivera. I think Ron Rivera is a great person. Not sure if uh, he's the guy to succeed in Washington, but things are going off the rails very early in Washington. Well, Ron also reiterated some things. Not reiterated, took a step back and said, and he misspoke a little bit mm-hmm. in regards to this situation. Basically, he told the players, if you, if you have any issue with Eric, go talk to Eric, and he's in full support of Eric. So, again, we've had this conversation. People think the reason why Eric didn't get a head coaching job is because He's old school in the way that he talks to players and how he handles things and how aggressive he is with players. And, we, you know, the young cats don't really like that. Mm-hmm. And that's gotten Washington where so far? Yeah. You better shut up and play. Yep. Right? Like, it's no disrespect, but if you want to get way to the next level, that. you got to listen to somebody who's been at the next level. Yeah. I know you don't like how this guy's talking to you, but that guy has won Super Bowls and that guy has been involved, has been an offensive coordinator to Super Bowls and great teams. I understand he had Patrick Mahomes, but still, mm-hmm. right? Like, so he's learned under Andy Reid. So you're just going to have to take some of it, man. Absolutely. And we saw some of the Chiefs players come to the defense of Tyree Eric Bieniemy, Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys know, hey, listen, it, it works. You got to sometimes, you know, hard coaching is good, especially early in the season with a franchise that's been in the position of, that Washington has that's trying to change culture and turn things around. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Win total over under six and a half wins for the commanders. We've talked about this team. I think it's going to get ugly early here. I think a bet that uh, people should keep their eye on is Ron Rivera to be the first head coach fired because their schedule is extremely tough in the beginning of the year. And if they start off like one and three, one and four, they get Arizona week one. But after that, it is very tough. And if it starts off really bad, you have new ownership. They like to bring in their guys. It could very easily um, get ugly quick there in in Washington. Yeah. Again, I love Ron Rivera as a person and as a football mind, right? But whenever Mm -hmm. he was successful, and he had a successful run in Carolina going to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Uh, So, so, but the franchise around him was very solid, Mm -hmm. all, all, all with each other, all in the same line. You just said it. New ownership wants their guys. Yeah, that's how it is. Right, that's how it is. So Ron can't go six and eleven. He can't do that. He can't go seven and ten because they're itching. He he almost is in a position where he has to make the playoffs. He has to win ten wins in order to keep his job because any slippage, they're not going to have any patience for him. They're going to get him out of there. So I, I, again, I don't I don't know if it'll be the first to go, but I do think he's going to end up going at the end of the season because they just ain't got the talent to compete. Yeah, they don't. They don't. The offensive line's in trouble, and the quarterback, the most position on the field, um, I'm not sold on with Sam Howell. I like Jacoby Brissett, but, uh, you know, again, you you know, when you look at the landscape of the quarterbacks in the NFL, um, 
rolling out Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett is not going to get it done in what I think is going to be a competitive NFC East. Uh, you know, Washington is a team that I think is going to really struggle early, and it, it could get ugly really quick there. But, uh, you know, one thing to keep an eye on, Ron Rivera is plus 700 to be the first coach to be fired, so that might be good for betters. We're going to be back talking more preseason action in a few BetQL Weekend, presented by BetMGM Sportsbook. Mark Drumheller, Sean Bell, we'll see you in a bit. Sean Bell and Mark Drumheller will be back on BetQL Weekend on the BetQL Network, sponsored by BetMGM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Start your weekend betting off right with BetQL Weekend with Sean Bell and Mark Drumheller, sponsored by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. We're back. BetQL Weekend presented by BetMGM Sportsbook. Mark Drumheller, Sean Bell. Segment two, we're going to keep the NFL football talk rolling, pivoting from preseason over to some futures. But before we do, Sean, a little bit of incentive for you to bet a little preseason. Dip your toes in. BetMGM bonus bet on the house. Players receive a bonus bet once they log into the BetMGM Sportsbook every Friday for the next three weeks. Claim period extends through Saturday and Sunday, 72 hours to log in the claim, and then 72 hours to use the bonus bet after you log in. Who's eligible? Players will be awarded a bonus bet of their predetermined value Bonus bets will be awarded in all live states except New York and Nevada. That's great news for you, Sean, because you are not in either of those states. <laughs> That's right. Let's so we putting in a preseason parlay? Let's do it. Bonus bet. Get it popping. Right. Why not? I love it. I love to hear it. But everybody, check the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Get on there every Friday. You work hard all week. There's your reward. The people are taking care of you. You love to see it. Let's pivot over now to the NFC North. Uh, preseason action. We're going to keep it rolling. I'm going to talk more of my best bets. I got some sharp angles here for this week. I'm going to keep the best bets hitting. Um, I, I like the Buffalo Bills. We're going to talk about that one a lot. But let's move now in the futures. I want to talk about the NFC North. This is a division that I think you can put these teams in a bag, shake up the bag, pick out any of the teams and say, put them in any order and say, hey, you know what? This is how it's going to finish. I'd have a hard time arguing with you. I think this is going to be a very competitive division. You have the Minnesota Vikings, 13-4 and four last year. They might have been, you know, a little bit of a, you know, fake 13-4, and four, right? You know, the metrics didn't really show that they were that strong of a team. They dropped uh, their first playoff game against the Giants. Um, but, you know, you got to give them credit, right? They won the games. Detroit Lions, everybody's darling. Everybody loves, uh, you know, Dan Campbell, you know, what he's doing there in Detroit. The offense was off the charts. Can they continue and bounce back? They're the actual favorites in the division. Um, and then you have Green Bay Packers without Jordan Love. You have Chicago Bears with 
the guy that everyone is throwing their money on to win MVP, Justin Fields. What are your thoughts at first glance of the division? The Vikings. Like I, I listen, I get everybody says you throw it with your chest out. You went vi- you <laughs> the Vikings. Vikings. Like I, I understand that everybody feels like they were fraudulent thirteen win team last year. Mm-hmm. But here's what's consistent: Kirk Cousins w- winning games with the Minnesota Vikings. Say what you want. No, he doesn't win the big game. No, he doesn't win playoff game. But every since he, ever since he's got there, they've been a playoff contender. They've been a playoff team. They've been a good team. Like and he's put up good numbers. Like. The Minnesota Vikings have shown me they can do it. Do I feel like Detroit Lions have talent? Do I think like they can potentially grow and be a good team? Yes, especially in a sorry NFC. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, yes, I have the Detroit Lions making the playoffs. But why can't the Minnesota Vikings come back with when they have the, the quarterback who's the best quarterback in the division right now and the weapon who's the best weapon in the division right now? Did you see that Justin catch Jefferson. Jordan Addison made last night? Woo-hoo. They didn't count it as a catch. But yeah. Listen, he can play. He can ball out. I do. And... You know, them putting him in the offense, inserting him in the offense instead of old man Adam Thielen, who's, you know, Brace Young's going to have to have to work with him over in Carolina. Yeah. I think that that makes their offense so much more potent. Yeah. It's, again, I feel like Kurt's going to make the good play, make the good decision every time. Again, Kurt Cousins in primetime games and Kurt Cousins in, in night games ain't a great Kurt Cousin. But guess what? Most of the games he plays in are going to be one o'clock games. Mm-hmm. And in those games where the pressure isn't isn't as high, where the teams aren't as good, he's going to play good, smart, consistent football. And he's the best quarterback right now in the division. Do I feel like Justin Fields has a higher higher ceiling? Yes. Okay, do I feel like even Jordan Love can reach to that point? Yes. But as of right now, Kirk is the best quarterback, and in a quarterback-driven league, why wouldn't I put the money on the experienced quarterback who's gotten it done before? Did you hear what the owner had to say? What did he say? They asked him about Kirk Cousins' future. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing, you know, we all know about Kirk Cousins is this guy makes some money. I mean, yeah. he was the first one to kind of open up these guaranteed contracts mm-hmm. when he finally got away from Washington. Um, and he was like, hey, you know what, we're going to see how it goes. Free agent after the season. Um, you know, they asked him about his future, about the owner. Kind of said, you know, hey, we're going to leave it to the GM. They asked Kevin O'Connell, same thing, same story. We're going to leave it to the GM. We're going to figure it out after the season. Do you think that that type of uncertainty is going to impact the Vikings during the season? No, he's done it before. Yeah, he's been here. He's been with two. He, I'll take two franchise tags. That, 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 and you're not going <laughs> to franchise tag me because you, at this point in my career, you're not going to pay me. He's not a top five quarterback. Yes, so you're not, not going to pay, pay him top franchise five money. tag money. Yeah. But if Kirk Cousins goes somewhere else, guess what? Kirk Cousins is going to get paid somewhere else. Oh, right? yeah. Like he's a top 15 quarterback, right? Like mm-hmm. he's, you may not think he's a top 10, but he ain't bottom 10. He's, he's arguably a, top 12. I mean, you could probably, I think he's right in there with like Dak Prescott. Those sort of, Let know, me guys. say this. You can argue Kirk Cousins is the second best quarterback in the NFC. There's an argument to be made there. Better than Prescott? I mean, they're the same player, aren't they? They've put, up big, they've put up big numbers, and they're then they, they fall apart in the big moments. They fall apart in the playoffs. But Kirk uh, Jalen Hurts is the clear number one, and then who's number two? It's either, you would say, either Dak or, or Kirk, Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Now, yeah. maybe if you have healthy Matt Stafford and he returns to the Super Bowl, but you don't right. know what you have. But if you're basing it off of last season or All last couple of seasons. things being equal with everybody healthy, it would be Stafford. But we know Stafford's. You know, it's the twilight I mean, of his career. Exactly. So we don't know where that is. So Kirk Cousins has an argument for the second best quarterback in the NFC currently. So, yes, after this year, 
in the NFC where they're looking for quarterbacks, he's going to get paid again. So, again, he's he's played under this situation before. He's a veteran. It's not going to bother him. He's going to come in to be professional and do his job. So I trust Kirk Cousins more than I trust Jared Goff. Yeah, and I like be consistent. I like what they're doing with the defense. I like that they brought in Brian Flores. Going to take some time. They don't have the players there, but I think they're going to be really aggressive, and that's going to help the offense. When you have a defense that's aggressive, the one thing that kills drives in the NFL, penalties and sacks, Mm -hmm. and that comes from a defense being aggressive. That's why you see all these guys take defensive ends and edge rushers at the top of the draft because that's how you stop drives. You don't stop them by covering players because you can't cover people in the NFL. They don't let you. Right? Yeah. You know, so you got to get to the quarterback. You got to make those negative plays. Um, I love Brian Flores. I think what he's going to do there in Minnesota is going to be great. Plus 280 to win the division, Sean. Very juicy price. If you're not feeling is risky, you know, maybe you go, you know, Vikings to make the playoffs minus 106. Yeah. Again, I, I feel like it's a confident bet. Again, before last year, you had Aaron Rodgers dominating the division. Mm-hmm. Now that he's gone, I'm going to go to the next best quarterback in the division. Before that, it was like, all right, Kirk Cousins, they had an 8-9 season or, or, or an 8-8 eight season. Well, Aaron Rodgers go, ends up being bad. They go 13-4, and four, yeah. right? So it's just a, a part of what's going to happen in that division. You, you're going to bet on the best quarterback most of the time. Let's talk about the Lions. Plus 130 to win the division. Over under nine and a half. So you got to be a 10 and 17, you know, we're a cash app bet. Um, to make the playoffs, minus 179. That's a steep price. Plus 144 to miss the playoffs. I I think I would take a shot at the plus 144 for them to miss the playoffs. I think that's the best way to bet the Vikings. I mean, to bet the Lions. Ooh. See, I think they're going to be a 10 and 17. You do? You yeah. think they get there? You think they go over to win total? I just, when you start looking at the NFC teams, Mm -hmm. it's hard. Like, once you go Eagles, then 49ers, depending on what some people say, Dallas, Seattle. Who are you going to pick after those four teams? Yeah. It's almost like you have to pick Detroit. You have to pick a Minnesota. Like, some of these teams, you're not going to pick anybody in the South. Somebody gets in because someone has to win the division, but you're not going to pick anybody else. I don't. That defense was so bad. The defense was so bad last year. Are they going to get any better? And if they don't, then you need Jared Goff. I'm not 100% sold. Jared Goff is just going. I know the schedule's easy. I know he plays indoors. I'm not 100% sold that he's just going to engineer this offense that caught everyone by surprise last year. Like, it's one thing to kind of jump out there and be like, hey, you know, you're doing things and no one expects you and you're overachieving. But when the target's on your back, when you go into the season as the betting favorite to win the division, every team's after you. You're not sneaking up. Teams are gearing up for you. And the Lions had a lot of bad losses. Like, I think they're a little bit overvalued here in the market. I feel like Jared Goff can be good. Not great. Game manager. A little mm-hmm. better than a game manager. Like, you saw when he was with the Rams. If everything's all right around him, and again, they had a lot of talent, he's going to play solid game manager football. If things are bad around him, things are going to fall apart. So I feel like they have enough talent around him where he doesn't have to throw for 5,000 yards and put up Justin Herbert, Pat Mahomes type numbers. So I think he'll be solid. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, and I think they got a lot of, uh, they got the kid Gibbs and a lot of other guys who can come in there and play well. So, you know, I think he'll have a solid smart year. 
but is that enough? Is right, is it going to be enough? Um, you know, you look at the lines. To me, the best way, I would bet them. You like them, you know, go over to win total. I would take the plus 144. I don't think they get in. I think they take a little bit of a step back this year. But going to be interesting, when you look at the other two teams in the division, Sean, Green Bay Packers and Chicago Bears, both plus 400 to win the NFC North. Over Win total, identical at 7.5. What team, let's start here. Which of the two teams are you more confident in to have a better season? Because I think my answer might be different. I like the Packers. I do too. Yeah. Oh, see, see. I I'm love on, me some Packers. I, I'm on Jordan Love. Like, yeah. It, it, All right, so we're good. We're aligned here. Yeah, a lot of people disagree with me. I had this argument yesterday um, in regards to Jordan Love. I know there's some people who just don't like him, haven't seen enough, but he – in the little time that he had at the end of the season, it gave me the vibe of, oh, he got a lot better. There's a jump to be made. Mm-hmm. I saw the talent. He looked I good saw, against I, the Eagles. I saw the talent there. I go, oh, he can rip and run. And he can, he can, that's what it was. He can rip and run. He can score some touchdowns. And if he can do that, the Packer team, again, he's not Aaron Rodgers, so they're not going to return to what, he, what the Packers were two years ago. But I don't think they'll be as bad as they were last year. I think, again, I think this is he's going to have he's not Aaron Rodgers, he'll never be Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I think the Packers are going to have a season. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, where they go seven and ten, and you say Jordan Love is the future. Remember when Aaron Rodgers first came in? Mm-hmm. They they went like Doesn't four, happen right away. I think they went six and ten, right? And it was just like, whoa, they should have been good. But you could tell Aaron Rodgers was the future. Like he was legit. I think mm-hmm. you'll feel that way about the, the Packers with Jordan Love after the season. I think the Packers are live to win the division. Ooh, I'm, so I'm going to come out and say it. You now, I didn't bet them to win the division because I bet LaFleur to win coach of the year because the odds are much greater. And if he wins coach of the uh, if he wins the division, he's probably in the running for coach of the year. Mm-hmm. So um, I chose to attack it that way from a betting perspective. But when we talk about young quarterbacks, right, our conversation about Bryce Young, about C.J. Shroud, right, when you look at this situation that Jordan Love is stepping into, right? We knew he was a project. Mm-hmm. We knew he wasn't ready. You know, it wasn't, you know, turnkey property. You know, you just hop in there, everything's ready. We knew there was some development needed, right? He gets the opportunity to develop uh, under LaFleur, who I think is an outstanding coach. One of the most winningest coaches in the NFL, mm-hmm. uh, you know, since he started. Now, you can say that that has to do with Aaron Rodgers. We're going to find out, right? But I mm-hmm. like LaFleur. Um, and when you think of it, hey, I, I have a young quarterback who's stepping into the NFL, who's a project, what conditions would you want that quarterback to step into? Oh, I'd want him to have a strong offensive line. Check. Oh, I want him to have a head coach that's a great offensive mind. LaFleur, check, right? LaFleur, you know, was in is in that tree with McVay, Shanahan, all those guys, right? You know, oh, okay. You know, I also want him to play in a division that isn't super strong. Okay, you know, check. Um, I'd like him also to have a strong running game. Check. Right? I'd like them to sit on the sidelines and learn from one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen. Check. All these boxes get checked. Like, this is a great situation. Outside of Patrick Mahomes, you know, sitting under Andy Reid and coming in and playing with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Like, I, I don't remember a quarterback walking into a more advantageous situation. And I think in this division, the Packers defense can play a little bit better. You know, they can step up. They're going to be a team. They're not going to score a ton of points, you know, the Packers, but they're going to win games with their running game. And if Jordan Love can be efficient enough, I think that they can win this division. 
see, I, I, I still think the offensive line has some work to do. Aaron Rodgers did, didn't get, wasn't greatly protected last year. Still got young wide receivers now. You got Christian Watson, who looked like he was going to be a stud at the end of that tenure. And mm-hmm. I like the fact that young wide, a young quarterback is going to grow with some of these young wide receivers exactly. that they brought around him. Aaron Jones. So I, I, I like that. I just don't think that that quarterback is ready. Right? Like, I just feel like, okay, it's not that talented. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's not, it's not like, okay, you're coming in the studs everywhere. You're coming in the solid players. Right. And so I did just think it, it will take, take a some year. Time. A year for Jordan Love to get everything under his belt. I don't think he's going to come out guns a blazing. Although I do think he's going to have a four thousand yard season. I like it, which ain't that hard nowadays in the NFL. Right. But I think he's going to have a solid four thousand yard uh, season and look good. But ah, I, I still can't go because I think it's going to take ten, eleven games to win, and I don't think the Packers are going to going to win ten. I think if games. it takes ten, I think they can get there. I think that's that's the deal. I you know I think the Lions can take a step back. I think the Vikings might not be there. It might be a transition year as far as the defense and, and that sort of thing. Um, long term, I don't know. But I think this year, I, I think they could run up and steal the division with a little bit um, you know, of a soft schedule. They're calling us crazy in the chat, you know, Kevin and Zach. They, they might be right. I'm not sure if they're referring to the Packers or something else we're saying <laughs> because that could apply to a lot of things. But, yeah, I know it's a, it's a long shot. Listen, they're plus 400 to win the division. Uh, you know, people aren't expecting enough. But I think – this is a division that can be had. If you have a team like the Detroit Lions as the betting favorite and you want to take a long shot, that's the division you attack. Jordan Love, Justin Fields, they're a year away from being studs, in my opinion, especially Justin Fields. So don't let them get the right weapons and let them get going. I don't think it'll be this year, like I said, but next year. It's going to be a lot of fun in the future for sure. We're going to be right back. Final segment, best bets, and we're going to talk a little college football. When we return, Mark Drumheller, Sean Bell, BetQL Weekend, presented by BetMGM Sportsbook. Sean Bell and Mark Drumheller will be back on BetQL Weekend on the BetQL Network, sponsored by BetMGM. Start your weekend betting off right with BetQL Weekend with Sean Bell and Mark Drumheller, sponsored by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. We're back. Final segment, BetQL Weekend, presented by BetMGM Sportsbook. Mark Drumheller, Sean Bell. Let's hit some college football. Johnny Manziel documentary came out. Did you, did you get a chance to check that I, out? I have not, but I've watched some of the clips on Twitter, and I've had some people uh, tell me about it, and I'm just laughing. The clips are the best part because I, I watched it. I think it's an hour, and I'll never get that hour back in my life. Like, I really <laughs> learned nothing new about Johnny Manziel. It was just like, oh, a bunch of pictures of him on the money phone and all these stories about how he was constantly messing up. Like, Netflix is trying to, like – create talent and they're kind of like latching on to America's love of football to try and, you know, with these different documentaries. And I think they're all trash. Like I thought quarterback was pretty terrible. I only made it through a couple episodes of that. So you are, you are in the minor of this because uh, people people love, people have loved quarterback. And I've heard people say they like the Johnny Manziel doc, but it was too short. The, the issue here is, is that this time of year, 
people will like anything football. Anything football. So, you know, Netflix. So this, like, the quarterback documentary and all that stuff was just, to me, it was just terrible. Like, See, it was just you, so boring. You are, I, I haven't seen either. So I can't really give my opinion. Mm-hmm. But you are one of the few I've heard say that. A lot of people have liked it's like Kirk Cousins' wife, like talking about what outfits he wears and how he wears LLB. And people who and... said they like Kirk Cousins now, yeah, they put more respect on his name after watching quarterbacks. It sounds like you just hating on Kirk. I hate them all. <laughs> I mean, I guess I do. Like to me, it's just it's not really about football. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the, the Athletic released the podcast play callers. It was about the Shanahan, Lafleur, McVeigh. Um, McDaniel, the the other guy in Miami, you know, I thought that was outstanding. Like it went deep into like their trajectory throughout their career and the schemes that they run and how they all kind of borrow off each other and the success that they had and the challenges. All stuff. It could be a little outside football, but it's just kind of enjoyment. And me, it was very watered down. Listen to Johnny Manziel thing. I got surprised by when they did the whole clip of how much tape is he watching? And he puts up the zero percent because I'm like, listen, first of all, how has this not come out? I thought the most of these other the most of these other quarterbacks, like if if no one wa- watching like Kyler Murray and video games came exactly. out during his career. Exactly. Johnny Manziel, the one of the hottest prospects, one of the not hottest prospects, but yeah, I'll say hottest prospects, not in talent, but in talk. Mm-hmm. How was it not talked about more about how this guy was? apparently drunk and hung over at his mm-hmm. NFL meetings and, and no one let that out. No one let that loose. No reporter found out about him being liquored up the day before and coming. It's not like he didn't come during the social media area mm-hmm. when every, when people want to know he was coming and then the zero tape thing, how did not not come out like Kyler Murray? That would have came out about him. Like Jamarcus Russell, things coming out about him. How is this just now coming out? Because yeah. because he's admitting it. So I was surprised because I was like, okay, maybe Johnny just thinks. But I figure he wasn't doing the work that he needed to do. But to the extent I didn't know, and I, just because I assumed everyone would know because of how much attention was on this guy. So, you know, I I, I felt like, again, it should have been like a deeper thing. Like, I want to see video of him drunk the night before and. There was How plenty of that. Like, there's see, plenty just, of clips, I'm t- I'm and it about... was kind of like they were glorifying it. Like, they're like, oh, you know, he went out, and, you know, he's, he's it's just him partying all the time and him saying that, like, oh, it was two things. It was, like, like him like partying and him being like, oh, well, when I was finally able to, like, when I was doing well, like, they didn't want me, like, making money. So he was, like, you know, like, following the autograph sessions through his friend and, like, all this, like. But to me, that could be very detailed. Mm-hmm. Like I want to know the detailed thing about that. That's when I remember, I remember uh, someone telling me, I'm not gonna say who, mm-hmm. telling me about Johnny Menzel and another quarterback that I won't name. Uh, jerseys being sold for millions of dollars, like a single signed Johnny Menzel jersey just went for one point whatever, and mm-hmm. them not getting anything. He was like, and he said, oh, this other quarterback being like, yo, he had he he was going home getting ordering a dollar menu meal off of McDonald's. Mm-hmm. That's all he can afford. Yeah. And he was literally at at the event where his jersey sold for over his signed jersey sold for over a million dollars. It's crazy, man. For this individual. And I was yeah. like, what? So yeah. go more into that. There was a lot. I mean, there was some of that to where he was trying to, you know, his battle with the NCA and making money off his likeness and, and all that. But it wasn't 
it wasn't a ton of football, man. It was just kind of like, hey, Johnny Manziel liked the party, and then at the end he realized he did it wrong. And Cool. I'm okay with that. You know? Like I, was... I want to get into that. That's something I want to get in, but very deep into the mm-hmm. corruptness of it. Him not, him not loving see... the game, him coming to realization, needing therapy, all of those type of things. I'm into right. that. I would have liked to see more of the, the post-Brown stuff, like you kind of talked about, like how he tried to go and revive his career in, in these, like, ancillary leagues, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the American League of Football or whatever stuff they had. And, you know, he tried going to the CFL and he tried doing those things and, and didn't, um, you know, wasn't able to put it together, like, I would like more insight into that. Like, mm-hmm. like, well, where did you, you know, did the struggles just continue? Were you doing the same things that you were doing there? Like, why didn't it work out? Like, to me, like, that's the more intriguing part of Johnny Manziel's story. Like, I know he partied at Texas a and Like, I don't, you know, I didn't need a documentary to show me. I'm always good with documentaries. Give me a Dennis Rodman party documentary and I'm all. Well, right. that's a different story. That's I'm a whole saying, other level. You know what I mean? Like, I need to see, like, there's levels to this and I want to see it. <laughs> Absolutely. But listen, Manziel, obviously, tremendous college player. And it just kind of shows you, like, I think he's the perfect example of how a player can kind of come out of nowhere, get momentum, and end up having, like, an amazing career, you know? And, you know, this year in college football, I think that it's it's almost like the haves and the have-nots. Like, you have your Alabama, you have Georgia, you know, you have those teams at the top. And it almost seems like we forget about the other – other teams but Mm -hmm. when i look at the college heisman odds i I think there's a lot of players on there that can kind of come out of nowhere and win this award i know that caleb williams is at the top and i think Mm -hmm. that he's the favorite but there's a lot of live players here you know you look at quinn overs at texas now listen he's got to improve on last year but texas is a team that is just as talented as anyone in the country Mm -hmm. like they could easily win the big 12 and end up in the playoffs uh, you know, we know Oklahoma had a bad year last year. You look at Michael Penix Jr., outstanding year last year. He's at, you know, 11-1 to 1 as well. Him and Ewers at 11-1. to 1. Um, When I look at the Heisman odds, though, when I go outside of the players at the top, you're not going to look at, you know, Caleb Williams, you know, who should you look at? I think sometimes instead of taking a quarterback that's down the line, I think you can look at, like, a Blake Corum, a Marvin Harrison Jr., somebody who plays outside of the quarterback. You can get really good odds. That's where I was going. 20-1 Marvin Harrison Jr. Love Marvin Harrison Jr., man. Because some of this is hype and meeting Mm -hmm. meeting hype, right? Like, some of that's what it is. Being at a big-time program, having having a certain amount of hype and meeting the hype. So if if Caleb Williams doesn't necessarily have to be the best player, but if he meets his own hype – He's going to get the Heisman because he's coming into it. Everybody's telling telling us that Marvin Harrison Jr. is one of the best wide receiver prospects ever, mm-hmm. right? Like big, way bigger than his pops. He's coming in with uh, with all again at Ohio State. So you, you're going to have a team that wins ten plus games. So you're going to have check mark that the team that potentially goes to the playoffs check mark that. So if that guy, individual has gaudy numbers. Mm-hmm. With the hype he already has around him, and he's going to be force fed the ball. So oftentimes you go, well, you're going to give it to the quarterback who gives him the ball. But if, if not, if, if it's Kyle McCord, yeah, man, exactly. like, if the wide receiver is getting sixty percent of that, it's going to go to a wide receiver on some again, Devontae Smith type stuff, mm-hmm. right? So I think Marvin Harrison Jr. Is, is going to have all the hype. He's going to be the the second biggest name going into the season. 
So I still I feel like at twenty to one, those type of odds. Yeah. Why not? Oh, yeah, I think he could clearly be the best player at his position. Um, and again, I mean, the way he was able to step in last year when you know Jackson Smith and Jigba, you know, was battling injuries, mm-hmm. put up those types of huge numbers in his freshman year. Now he's coming back in a sophomore. You know, Ohio State's going to be in the headlines. You know, week after week, they're one of the best rosters in the country. They're most likely going to be in the playoffs. Um, they were one kick away, one kick away from being national champions last year, but. Uh, that one still stings. Yeah. That one still stings. Yeah. But um, I, I like him, too. And I think even Blake Corm. if you look at Blake Corm, very high in the Heisman conversation last year until he got injured and mm-hmm. went down. And then it all, you know, it all kind of fell apart. You know, injuries will do that as far as your Heisman can- candidacies. But, um, you know, I think that he's a guy you can look at. If I'm going to look at a quarterback that's a little bit, you know, not at the very top, I, I think – you know, Cade Klubnik in Clemson at fourteen to one. I try and look for teams that can make the playoffs. You know, play in a weak conference, can get their way way to the playoffs, and has an ascending quarterback. And I think you see that with Clemson. Clemson's very easy schedule. Yeah, I mean, so easy that they may not make the playoffs even if they dominate their schedule. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how that's how it's starting to break down in college football in general. Like, okay, right. Clemson, but you're in the ACC. Unless you're the SEC or Big Ten, who cares? Right, right, <laughs> you know what right. I mean? yeah. So it, that that'll be interesting to see if he if he can have an Heisman moment, mm-hmm. because there's not going to be very high. There's not going to right, there's not going to be a lot of opportunities for, for him to have. I mean, he'll have gaudy numbers potentially, but mm-hmm. he won't have the Heisman moment that an SEC quarterback will have, or some of these other quarterbacks. That's will an have, excellent point. Or these Big Ten players will have because it'd be like, all right, that was against. You know what I mean? Marcus Harrison Jr. can do something against Michigan. Yep. He's that, got that's plenty of opportunities. Yeah. yeah, or even Penn State, who is supposed to be an underdog to a lot of people that can be gaudy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Harrison Jr., is he a junior now or a, a sophomore? I think they're telling me he's a junior in the chat. Might have got that one wrong. Apologize if I did, but love Marvin Harrison Jr. Like I said, that's going to be a high-octane offense. They scored, you know, I think it was 42 points per game last year, mm-hmm. somewhere in that range. One of the best offenses in the country. And although Kyle McCord is not C.J. Stroud, I don't expect him to take a step back. There's going to be plenty of talent on the field with that offense. So um, I, I think the Buckeyes are going to keep rolling. And that rivalry – Michigan might be the best one in college football. Oh, the Iron Bowl people going to be Alabama. Yeah, uh, but I tell you, everybody's just waiting for that game. Georgia, like when you Auburn. think of the Big Ten, you think of it's going to come down to Michigan and Ohio State because they're both potential playoff teams or likely playoff teams. Yeah, yeah. Again, I would still go Iron Bowl, and I'm a Penn State guy. I'm a Big Ten guy. I would still go Iron. But even then, it's Auburn ain't always good, so. Very, very true, but we are good. And listen, we're out of time, so thanks for hanging with us. BetQL Weekend presented by BetMGM Sportsbook. I'm Mark Drumheller, Sean Bell, signing off, and we'll see you guys next week. Sean Bell and Mark Drumheller will be back on BetQL Weekend on the BetQL Network, sponsored by BetMGM.